0: The epistle is written in the sixth chapter of Ephesians, beginning at verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray also for me, that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Here ends the epistle. Uh, The Holy Gospel is written in the sixth chapter of the Gospel according to St. John, beginning at verse 56. Glory, Glory be, be to you, O Lord. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your forefathers ate manna and died, but he who feeds on this bread will live forever. He said this while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. On hearing it, many of his disciples said, This is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? What if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you are Spirit, and they are life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe, and who would betray him. He went on on to say, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled enabled him. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You don't want to leave me too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Simon Peter answered him Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe and know that you are the holy one of God. This is the gospel of the Lord. His Praise Praise be-
1: May I speak in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, if you've been here for the last few weeks, you will know that we have heard again and again this wonderful story of the feeding of the 5,000, and then this long discourse between Jesus and the crowd and his friends about what on earth this all means. And we're now in week four of looking at this saying which comes up again and again, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. And today this passage in John's Gospel poses a number of questions. And we're going to look at three of them. Who can accept this teaching? You don't want to leave too, do you? Lord, to whom shall we go? To whom shall we go? Three questions. Let's look at them in turn. First of all, verse 60. This is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Jesus uses the same phrase here as he does in John 15 when he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Do you see, if you eat the flesh and drink his blood, you remain in him and he in us. And if a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. It's funny, but I've been asked to speak many more times on Jesus as the vine and us as the branches, and that he calls on us to remain in him and he in us, to use that agricultural context, than I have in this very visceral context of John 6. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Why is that? Because I think Jesus is trying to say the same thing. Two different pictures of the need for us to remain in him and he in us. Yet one is imminently more accessible and reasonable than the other. Somehow abiding in a vine is so much more palatable than eating flesh and drinking blood. That's why this is a hard teaching. And you see, it's the disciples who make the comment, the very people that have followed Jesus, been with him, seen the miracles, heard the teaching, been encouraged. These are the very people that say, this is a hard teaching, who can accept it? And the reality is that many who seem to be disciples, well, they turn back in verse 66 and they no longer follow him. I wonder if you've ever had that thought. Should I stay or should I go? For many, the decision came, they should go. Why? Well, because Jesus is making explicit that following the Son of Man requires more than just verbal assent or acquiescence. It requires more than following certain rules. It requires a personal union with Christ, eating flesh and drinking blood. The spirit giving life because the flesh, the works we do to seek affirmation or to earn our way to salvation count for nothing. No wonder this is a hard saying. Jesus is looking forward to a very hard path that he would take. And he's inviting his disciples to take up your cross and follow me. And if we read this rightly, it's still a hard saying today. Many people are taken with the teaching of Christ, or how he's perceived, or some of his stories, For many, there's a deep anxiety in their souls, and Christ in some way meets that anxiety. For some, he's a lucky charm. For others, he's an insurance policy. But here, Jesus says that he's the bread that came down from heaven, the one on whom we're nourished. He's the living bread. And so he's far more than a talisman or an insurance policy. He requires of his followers a personal relationship that needs Christ to dwell within them. There's a totality, there's a physicality, a reality to what Jesus speaks that pulls many up short. You see, Jesus doesn't mind what our CV looks like, nor what stories from our past we have to tell. Come to me, he says. Have faith in me. And because of my cross, because I gave body and blood, that is sufficient. We speak of Christ in me, Christ in us, no longer our own, but His. Those who have, if you like, changed sides, we're fighting a different battle, needing spiritual armor. So that we too don't to do to him what others did. Betraying him or walking him or walking away from him. This is a hard teaching. But for some there does come a point at which they turn back and no longer follow. Nicodemus also found Jesus' words hard teaching. Do you remember? No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can that be, Nicodemus asks. And Jesus says, I'm all you need. It is hard, but do you trust me? The second question is in verse 67. You don't want to leave too, do you? Jesus asks the twelve. I think if you're one of those people that finds Jesus' teaching hard this morning, you find some of Jesus' sayings difficult. If that's you, did you notice how gentle Jesus is here? How much he cares for those that have followed him? You don't want to leave too, do you? He asks. You see, Jesus is grieved that his disciples are leaving. The good shepherd who searches after the sheep, not one of them whom, for whom he leaves behind, is distraught at seeing some of his disciples leave. And he weeps over, him, over them. If not here, then surely in the quietness of his time apart with his father and in his weeping in Gethsemane and at the cross, you don't want to leave too, do you? He says that to those who are left. He says it to you and I. Now if I'm honest, that's not how I would have done it. If I'd been there, if that had been me, I would have said, okay guys, though they've turned back, but come on. Here's the vision, here's the goal, let's crack on. We're going this way. But Jesus does it very differently. He won't force people or cajole people. He respects the dignity of every person. And he asks very simply of his followers, you don't want to leave too, do you? It's as though he's watching the first decaying of his first love. Will you also go away? And Jesus keeps his disciples by simply asking the question. Because it's a wake-up call to them. And to us, you don't want to leave too, do you? And then final question, verse 68. This time it's Peter's question. Lord, to whom shall we go? To whom shall we go? You see, as believers, we have to accept that there is nowhere to go except to Christ. Christ. Yes, we go away. Yes, we succumb sometimes to the darts of the evil one. We fail to employ the armor of God appropriately. And with our mouths, we not only say the Lord is my God, but we also run after other lovers. But here, Peter very succinctly nails it. Lord, to whom shall we go? Where else is there to go? And he gives us two very good reasons why we should stay with Christ, why we should hold to this hard teaching and not turn away from it, as so many have done. Firstly, he says, you have the words of eternal life. What a mystery. The very words that have driven away so many from Christ, the very words that are such hard teaching are also the words which draw others nearer to him. You have the words of eternal life. Not anyone else, not the culture, not career success, not the newspaper or the latest social commentator. You, Jesus, you have the words of eternal life. The words of eternal life. Not just the right words or true words or loving words, but words that bring life in all its fullness. And life into eternity. You have the words of eternal life. So will you trust them today? Did you know that God has got a book out? Have you read it? Did you know that it contains the words of eternal life? Are you reading Jesus' words daily, letting them fill you, prepare you, equip you? Do you know that this is the sword of the Spirit? It's the word of God. To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And the second reason that Peter gives is this. He says, we believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. We believe, we trust, we know, we put everything on the fact that you are the Holy One of God. In the other Gospels, there's a similar watershed moment when Peter recognizes the Christ. And here in the Gospel of John, we're given that recognition moment again. You are the Holy One of God. Not just any person, but the one, the only one who who we can go to for pardon, for a fresh start, for for the chance to return when we walk away. The Holy One of God who offers us his flesh to eat and his blood to drink, who offers us eternal life. Will you stay or will you go? Can you accept this teaching? You don't want to leave too, do you? Lord, to whom shall we go? Let's pray. Loving Father, we, we hear these words and these questions and we're challenged to the core because this is a hard teaching because the call to pick up our cross and follow you is hard and we need all the armour of God to help us to live each day And again and again we hear that question through our lives. You don't want to leave too, do you? And so this day, because of your cross and resurrection, because you have the words of eternal life, because we believe and know that you are the Holy One of God, may we too, Turn to you and say, Lord, to whom shall we go? May your words of eternal life bubble up inside of us, that we too would believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Lord Jesus, take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Amen.